Hello everybody, welcome to the Blue Truth. In the last episode we spoke about the European Super League and how it would kill fair competition. So in this episode I thought let's talk about the current scenario in football and see if there is fair competition right now because we know there's a huge gulf in quality between uh, one league and another and between teams in the same league within teams in the same league right so i'm going to start off with this i read a very interesting article on the athletic where it said that the super league is a necessity because europe's top leagues are broken and i read this this was the title of the article and i was like what is he trying to say so i went inside and he made a few points that actually made sense so i started thinking about it and i thought that it does make sense there is no equity i'm still not in support of the european super league but i understood that there are points that need to be taken seriously and there are changes that need to be brought about in football uh, to bring an environment where competition is fair and you know there's this term in economics which which is called perfect competition right that's what we need in football that's what we need and the system the structure should be mended it should be if required broken down and rebuilt to bring about that particular level of competition so first up let's answer the question is european football currently competitive the answer on the outset would be yes it is you look at the teams in the champions league you know except real madrid nobody's won it continuously for two years in a row uh, you look at the respective leagues you know and then you see that there's a different answer in the premier league 2020 liverpool won the league 18 and 19 city won the league 17 it was chelsea 16 it was a leicester story it was one of uh, true greatness that leicester story 15 it was chelsea again 14 it was city so you're looking at with an exception of leicester you're looking at the same two clubs repeating city and uh, chelsea for the most part and then liverpool last year yes but then you look further and look at how many title races how many tight title races did england have in the last 8 or 7 seasons 2020 runaway victory for liverpool 2019 a very close title race uh, one of the most interesting title races in recent history 2018 city runaway champions 17 chelsea runaway champions 16 close call but leicester won it with what a game or two to spare courtesy of eden hazard's goal 15 chelsea runaway champions 14 it was tight again uh, city nipped it from liverpool in the end so you're talking about what two series title races and one half title race in the last seven seasons in english football okay that one could say one could argue it is still acceptable now let's come to the other countries okay let's go straight to germany 
Bayern Munich have won eight Bundesligas in a row. Where is the competition there? I'm not even going to go further in this argument. There is no competition there. Bayern Munich is hands down the best team in Germany. And all the other teams, when they begin a season, begin the season with the hope that they will qualify for the Champions League, not with the hope that they will win the league. It is simply not possible. So, I don't think it's fair that there is a gulf in quality there. And any time Dortmund comes close, Bayern snatch their best player. It's happened to Hummels. It's happened to Lewandowski. It's happened multiple times before and it will happen multiple times again. Now let's come to France. (coughs) Excuse me. In France, we all know that PSG are the undisputed champions. Barring one season in 17, I believe, when Monaco won the league. PSG has dominated it. This season, they do have a title race on. I think Leon is giving PSG a real fight. But apart from that, PSG has been comfortable champions for the past, what, six of the seven seasons, I believe. And when Monaco did beat them to the league title, they snatched away Neymar, uh, sorry, Mbappe, right? Again, where's the competition? There? there is a gulf in quality. There is a gulf in the ability to purchase the best players. Where is Monaco then? What happened to Monaco after Mbappe left? The same season that Mbappe left, a lot of players left Monaco and they were what fighting for relegation the next season or so right so again there is no equity there is there now let's go to italy juventus have won nine straight series they're almost certain not to win it this season but for nine seasons they went unbeaten in as in unbeaten as in the the league title was with them throughout no team could challenge them they were comfortable winners in each season i don't remember one season where they did not win it with matches to spare. That is how comfortable they were in that league. Again, where is the competition? They had the money. Juventus brought Ronaldo, what, $100 million. They brought in good players in other positions. Were the other clubs able to do it? No. Inter Milan last won a title when? What, 10 years ago? 2011, 10 maybe? After that, what happened to Inter Milan? They're struggling to sign the best players. And now, when after Conte went there, they've been signing older players on loans or as free agents because that is the financial state of the club. Because they can't compete with the finances of Juventus. And you're talking just about the, you know, a, a big team not being able to compete with another big team. And then what's the hope for clubs like Atlanta or Genoa or... You know, Cagliari, that's the hope for them. Come to uh, Spain. It, it's Real Madrid, Barcelona. There was one season in between where Atletico won the title. This season, Atletico could win it again. But apart from that, it's just these two clubs. If you include Atletico, it's three clubs. And no other club has won a league title for, the, what, 14 years? Apart from these three clubs. So then, what is the point? Right? What can Sevilla or Villarreal or Valencia or Betis or Bilbao do to challenge these teams in the league? Because, yes, Bilbao can have an amazing cup run and possibly beat one of these teams in the final of the Copa del Rey. But in a league season spread over 38 matches, where do they stand a chance against clubs with the money to buy the best players and you know, produce results at a rate that 
others just cannot manage to you know cope up with they can go on a five match losing run and still come back and beat the other teams to the league title that is how strong they are that is how many how much resources they have and okay now we've talked about individual le- leagues right so let's talk about the champions league now yes different clubs have won the champions league but again you're talking about the same clubs doing it over and over again you know real madrid have won it four times in the last uh, seven years barcelona have won it once liverpool have won it once bayern munich have won it once so if you look at the semi final appearances you would see the same names coming over and over again you would see bayern munich you would see barcelona you would see real madrid you would see what if psg right you won't see other clubs there when ajax made that run to the semi final we were like oh look at that fairy tale run from ajax ajax is the bloody champions of their country and we talk about them reaching the semi finals of the champions league as as a serious achievement but they don't say it if city reaches the semi final they, they don't say it if chelsea reaches the semi final because they have the money and they have the players to come so in if they don't come then they are expected to have failed but if they do come they're expected to have met their standards porto reached the champions league quarter finals right and again it was seen as a tremendous run yes they beat juventus again the portuguese champions be the italian champions so what's the big deal why should it look like oh my god porto beat juventus like yes porto beat juventus so what that is how it should be but it is oh my god porto beat juventus because there is a gulf between leagues within leagues everywhere all over europe there is a gulf there is a gap and that gap needs to be bridged how will we bridge this gap financial fair play was one could say a step in that direction but obviously there were flaws in that and you know i don't really understand how certain clubs got away with it uh, because when they were introduced uh, chelsea had taken a lot of measures to actually uh, meet the regulations uh, set apart and the guidelines that were set by the ffp uh, board but city and psg did absolutely nothing to go by it and they still did not get penalized right so i don't see what the ffp actually achieved by coming in uh, idea was a novel idea i would i will definitely agree it was a noble idea i think uh, it could have worked had it been implemented properly but i don't i don't think ffp covers all the bases because let's uh, talk about ffp here so basically the fundamental concept of ffp is that you cannot spend more than you earn so it is basically trying to convert these clubs all of these clubs into a salaried employee you know he has a 50000 rupee income and he obviously cannot spend more than 50000 rupees now the the problem that comes here is that there are always people who earn 50 lakh rupees per month and then there are people who earn 50 lakh rupees per year and then there are people who earn 50000 rupees per year right there are different cadres of people similarly there are different cadres of clubs whose revenue levels vary depending on the stature of the club you're talking about 
Real Madrid, United, Barcelona, Chelsea, PSG raking in huge money from merchandising, from sponsors, from you know ad revenue, commercial revenue. They have huge inflow. So, say if their revenue is five hundred million, then they can spend five hundred million on players, right? But then let's go to Burnley or or uh, a Norwich City, right? What would their revenues be? So how much can they spend? So assume that their revenues are somewhere around 100-120 million. They will be able to spend 100-120 million. And this 120 million will have to cover all of their expenses. Similarly, the 500 million of Chelsea or United or Liverpool or Barcelona will have to cover the 500 million in expenses across. You know, it could include wages, it would include transfer fees and the like. So... You're talking about a regulation that is probably taking one step towards uh, some sort of balance in the game, but it still does not uh, account for the lack of equity, the gap between these clubs, the gulf between these clubs that I've been talking about. So what is needed? Firstly, there needs to be a wage cap. There cannot be an environment where clubs can pay $500,000 for a player per week when other clubs can hardly afford to pay that to their entire squad. I think it's just a joke. And I know that my club Chelsea has in itself been a part of this entire system going, you know, haywire. But I think the time has come for some sort of... uh, cap to be introduced, a ceiling to be introduced in this particular category because the second the wage cap is introduced there will be some sort of uh, a chance for other clubs to hold on to their players because right now the second a club like Chelsea or United or Barcelona or Real Madrid offers the first pull is the size of the club right, you're talking about Real Madrid and Barcelona United, they're big clubs, huge clubs and then you're talking about the money that they can give you. You're not talking about the transfer fee that will pay your old club. You're talking about the money that you can earn as a player. And that is where many players get persuade, persuaded to leave their old clubs and join. Some of them doubling their wages. You're talking about Neymar and Mbappe earning what, 500, 450k, 450k per, per week? That's ridiculous. That's insane money. Insane money. So... How can other clubs compete with that? There needs to be a limit. There needs to be a certain uh, cap or a ceiling placed on these wages. And another way of making it more competitive, giving a chance to the smaller clubs, so to speak, is by removing the two-legged nature of the Champions League and the Europa League knockouts. So let's talk about... um, Say Chelsea Porto, right? The first leg Chelsea won 2 0, the second leg Porto won 1 0. So, in the second leg, Chelsea were comfortable for large parts, Porto couldn't break them down, and Porto get tired and it's over. But if it's single leg, Porto would go after Chelsea, right? Hunt Chelsea down, and there is a chance for Porto to go through. Correct. They beat Juventus on two legs. They most definitely can beat Chelsea in one leg. 
So, when you make it one leg, it increases the chances of a miracle. It increases the chances of a fairy tale. It increases the chances of a small club slaying a bigger club, uh, resulting in a feeling that cannot be described. It brings the whole football world together. You know, everybody loves an underdog, right? We all love an underdog, especially if it's our own club. When our club has been knocked out, most of us end up rooting for the underdog because we all love an underdog story. So, when you make the Europa League and the Champions League knockouts a one-legged phase, I have no problem with with the existing group stage. That is fine, but round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, when you make them one leg, you increase the chances of the other team winning which means there's greater possibility of you know intrigue there's a greater possibility of an upset the excitement levels go further through the roof now why hasn't UFR done this is again a very simple answer money TV rights and they get the telecast more matches matches they make more money it's as simple as that so that is the reason that they have not done it and that is the reason why they are planning for the revised format of the Champions League where uh, there will be 36 teams with 4 groups of 9 which means each team would play 16 group matches which sounds ridiculous to me and then quarterfinals and round of 16 quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever again which would be way too much right? and why are they increasing the number of matches there? Simple answer, money. More matches being telecast, more fans watching across the globe, more fans visiting the stadium, hopefully post-COVID, and the clubs make more money, the boards make more money, the associations, football associations make more money. Now, if you want competition, if you want fair competition, and if what UEFA and the other teams, you know, when they are vehemently opposing this, this Super League, when they were defending the existing system and they were defending the football pyramid, I agree with everything. All right, I agree that the pyramid is important. I agree that competition is important. But I just have one question. What have you done to increase the competition levels, to make it more equal and give a chance to the smaller guy to win your competitions? What have you done in the last 20 years to have done it? If you have an answer to this, I have nothing more to ask you.